Will there be a smart person on this episode? Nope. <sighs> Do you remember whose turn it is to say the thing? I'll just think. I'll just. It's mine. It's my turn. I love it when you when you <laughs> take the lead. <laughs> Initiative. My name is Heidi. Grief bacon. My name is Rory, and I'm um, here. We're pretty obsessed with books and movies and music, and every episode we talk about ones that we enjoy. Be one. There are spoilers ahead. We're going to talk about one of the most nostalgic futuristic fairy tales ever written. Ready Player One? (laughs) By Ernest Klein. Yes. Oh my gosh, I seriously thought you just had the book on your phone because I have not seen it this whole time since you got here. (laughs) I just pulled it out of my back pocket for fun. But I didn't see it. And so I'm like, (laughs) it looked like you Uh. pulled it out of another dimension. (laughs) Portals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I basically did. So what's uh, what's the premise of this good, good book? Well, basically this super, super rich dude, um, he has this like, online world thing i don't like know a, how to explain it's oasis like, so the oasis is like a full when we say virtual reality like full-blown sensory yeah. experience if you've got the the full rig and like yeah. really good graphics really good sound um and just super intuitive control so it's like a fully immersive world yeah that you can basically spend like all day in pretty much like, he goes to school in the oasis in the oasis and yeah, the world is in terrible shape because there was a global energy crisis and collapse. Huh? And so, <laughs> <laughs> huh? the future feels aggressively uh, close. <laughs> this is only like 2000, what, 40? Yeah. And this, it's like, <laughs> this book checks is set out. in 2040. And I'm like, 20 years from now? Yeah, yeah okay. okay. Yeah, it seems fair. Yeah. And the, the thing is about the, uh, the living situation is so cool because the cover is dope yeah i didn't realize that was that's what it was like i couldn't quite tell what it was i thought it was robots yeah and then i got to that part and i'm like wait isn't that the cover yeah and i'm like oh our main character wade watts lives in the stacks which are literally uh rvs and trailers that are stacked on top of each other with scaffolding because single family homes and also trailer parks that are on the ground take up way too much space because so much of the, the country is unlivable and like and there's a lot of people. There's like, also a lot of nuclear war. Like yeah. he's like, Oh, another mushroom cloud and you're yeah. like Another Okay. Well um Sure. Yeah. So anyway, this this rich guy, James Holiday, who's like grew up in the eighties, th- you know, very very in love with the eighties. What a yes. dude. What a dude. He hides a video game Easter egg inside the Oasis. Which we can relate. I dig. I dig it. <laughs> and then if you find the Easter egg, you get his whole fortune. Yeah. And control of the Because he didn't have like any family or any heir or anything. Yeah. So. And so this kid, after five years of nobody finding any clues, any anythings, mm-hmm. he finds the copper key. Which is the first key. That opens the first gate. There's three keys that open three gates. Yeah. Hooray! Ah. So he finds the first one, and then uh, the evil organization IOI. Uh, Sorry, the name is just so weird. I do like how they put. Yes, it is IOI. Well, <laughs> that is how it's pronounced. <laughs> yeah, no. Yo-y. So IOI uh, 
is in real life hunting him and the the people who have also found the copper key because they want to take control of the oasis so that they can basically like monetize it and all that it would become a corporate corporate run dystopia an overpriced theme park for wealthy elitists oh that's good that's (laughs) good it's perfect yeah, so so he goes on this virtual adventure that turns into a real adventure with his best friend H, A, E C H, Artemis. I I'd love that H. Yeah, I would name children after letters. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't do that. But I think it's great. So H is okay. I want to start with H because H is one of the coolest characters. Yes. The Avatar, H's Avatar, is a white guy. Yes. Like around Wade's age. H, in real life, is Helen Harris, a heavyset African-American per- girl. Um, I was I was going to say person because I couldn't remember how old she is, but she's yeah. like 19, 20. Yeah. So. I love, I love it. I love her so <laughs> much. <laughs> and my favorite, okay, I have a thing, and it's my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Y'all ready for this? Sure. So you know how... When Wade first starts like flirting with Artemis, mm-hmm. um, oh by the way, Wade's avatar's name's Percival. It's great. I love anyway, it. When 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 Wade starts flirting with Artemis, he's like, "Have you know? Are you and have you always been female?" Mm-hmm. And like, it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. And that's early in the novel. And then as he like changes and his like way of relating to the Oasis changes, he when he finally f- meets H and, and realizes that H is, is female, he's like, oh, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. who cares? Yeah, no. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's... And that, kids, is called character development. <laughs> character development. And he even man- manages gender pronoun switches because H, the avatar, is male, and so he refers to H in the Oasis as a he is a and he. out of the Oasis as a she because she is a girl, but H, the avatar, is a boy. Is a boy. So good. Get it, Wade. Get it, Wade. Accidentally Wade becoming woke. Wade Watts becoming woke. Wade woke Watts. <laughs> <laughs> it's www.wadewatts. <laughs> yeah, this book is just chock full of good, good 80s references and stuff. Yes. I do love the ways in which this book dates itself mm-hmm. because it was written in like 2014. I know. I'm like, oh, <laughs> like there, there's a word in there that I will not use on this podcast that is completely not used anymore. Yeah. And so I'm wondering if it was like still used a little bit more when the book was published, like subcultures still used it yeah. more. I'm sure video game like gaming culture does still use it some. Yeah. Or if it was like an 80s nostalgia thing, like this cuss came back <laughs> and I'm not it sure. Came back. Well, you know, cusses come around. Yeah, they do. They do come back. Um, you sparrow scat on my windshield. I think it's funny that, um, like, I've currently or I've recently been rewatching and like watching for the first time eight a bunch of '80s movies. Yeah, because I'm just I'm starting from the beginning, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I'm just working my way through movies. Yeah, and so um, it was funny because reading this like as I was doing that. Was like, yeah, I just watched that movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it's like the level of psychotic control that James Halliday exercises from the grave wow. is like James <laughs> Moriarty level. Yeah. <laughs> and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Halliday and Moriarty. Wade Watts are unwilling Sherlock. 
Aww. Ready Player One reminds me in a different way of Sword Art Online. Are you familiar with that? Okay. Um, it's great. It's so freaking good. I think it's still on Netflix too. Mm-hmm. But Sword Art is a fully immersive VR game. Um, and the difference is that in, in Ready Player One, you're always aware that you're not in the real world. Like mm-hmm. it does, f- you know, there are tells. Yeah. And, you know, even with a full immersion rig, y- you have to have a lot of money to get one of those. Like, yeah. For the most part, you're, you don't have that. But for Sword Art, you wear this helmet that like puts very minor like electrical waves into the back of your head. Mm-hmm. So you think. But when everyone logs on the day that the game officially launches and it's not in beta testing, they find out that if there's no way to remove your helmet, if you die in the game, you die in real life, like your helmet will cook your brain instantly. And if you try to take off your helmet or log out, um, you'll die. And the only way to free the people stuck in this game is if someone can beat the game. But if someone gets to a high level and then dies, that's it. They're dead. Yeah. And they're and they're really dead. Yeah, like they're dead dead. Yeah. So play- <laughs> they're dead dead. Yeah. So player killers in Sword Art are much, much worse people than yeah. player killers in Ready Player One. Yeah. But like they both and we're not talking about Sword Art as our as our movie, obviously, because yeah. Roy hasn't seen it, but they both deal in really interesting ways with the way that like your virtual life is your real life, but it also isn't. Yeah. Um, and there's this, this isn't spoiling anything, yeah. uh, but there's a scene in Sword Art when they've been trapped in it for a long time, when they've been trapped in this world, because nobody can leave, yeah. nobody. And and they meet this guy who's on like the, like level five or something, like uh, of 40. Yeah. And he's just fishing. And they're like, what? What? You're just fishing? He's like, I'm ne- I was never going to be the one to beat the game. <laughs> and, you know, in real life, I had this awful job I hated. So I figured while I'm in here, I might as well retire. <laughs> I love that. I'm just going to go fishing. Yeah. I'm just going to go. What am I going to do? Do you see me? Do I look like I'm going to beat this game? Well, and that's the thing. Well, and that's one of the big differences is in Sword Art when the game like turns on, um, it takes away everyone's mods. So your avatar looks like you do. And oh. so it's like literally this old Japanese man who's just like, I was never going to beat the game. <laughs> um, and they're really, I mean, in the Oasis, there's like the public school system and it's yeah. great. I'm contrasting this because I know that sword art's also popular with a lot of nerds. Yeah, but, no, that's um, fair. The the worst thing is the kids, like mm. the kids who are not supposed to have the game, but like everybody knows. Oh yeah, parents let their kids have games that are not rated for them, and so like eight year olds. Oh my gosh. <laughs> or five year olds who yeah. are trapped in this game, and you're like, uh, <laughs> or no. uh, the worst, the ones who like their parents w- were killed by player killers. Yeah. Uh, and the kid's still trapped in the game. Uh, this isn't good. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's not my name. <laughs> That's not my name. Um, but when they when they killed Daito, that that rem- that was where I was like, oh my gosh, this reminds uh, me of Sword Art. <laughs> yeah, that's in this book where okay. they engage the guy in the game so they can break into his house and throw him out of the window, and I'm like. Well, damn. Well, um, if yeah. uh, gently taps Mike, excuse you, but that is not chivalrous. No, it is not. Mm-mm-mm. I would, I would agree with that statement. It's not a fair duel. No, you can't bring armed guns into a gamer's house when they're playing you in the game. That's just mean. Yeah, I do like the part where he's talking about how like. 
And it sucks that you were born into this world that, <laughs> like, really sucks. It was just bad timing. And right before you were born, there was, it was pretty good. And it, it was literally right when you were born where the whole world fell apart. Sorry. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> I'm like, so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, I really like, it's a weird thing. But I like that the schools, like, you there's no violence in the schools. Like, it literally won't let you. Yeah, it'll just mute you. And I'm yeah. like, yes, yes. And, like, I think the freakiest part for me in this whole book was the schools. Mm-hmm. Was, like, how real that was. Because that's, like, so odd to me. Yeah. Is being in this virtual reality in this school. And, like, being at your locker and, like, talking to other kids. And, like, yeah. they could necessarily not look like that or talk like that or they do have to be the same gender and age yeah unless they've gone deep with a false identity yeah but they but yeah it's like it's very weird and very cool yeah and like i think it's really i think it's interesting how wade goes from being like a little bit bigoted yeah (laughs) to being not so much like through the game and and through losing artemis and all of these things and i'm like well all right then well then and also Mrs. Gilmore, the old lady who dies in the stacks. And I'm just like, yikes. Gilmore. Hmm. <laughs> also, that the in this world, the great shining city on a hill, the greatest city in America is Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> if the apocalypse, apocalypse happens, Columbus, Ohio is going to be the greatest city. Well, Yellowstone's the not there. Yeah. And no. neither is the ocean. So I yeah. I get it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. Still looks like O'Neaters. <laughs> but yeah, virtual life reality, whatever. Smart things. Yeah. Say exactly. Some. Like that. Yeah. Um Yeah, kind of a similar thing to what you were saying. Where like these people are both there actual person and their avatar and like they can they can kind of like be different for either person and like Mm -hmm. like each and they can make different types of choices but also those choices in either world can affect the other person like choices you make in the game can affect how you later yeah are in real life and like they can affect your like how you view things and how you like talk to people and treat people Mm -hmm. and also like same in real life like obviously that can affect um yeah this is like so less reality part of virtual reality but like the number of people i have lost in massive amounts of respect for just because of how they talk to other people on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. like it's so obviously like that's just text based and like some photos like and videos very limited in that. So yeah. like I cannot imagine how extreme like the level of like people's inner life that would come out yeah. in in the oasis. I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm not giving any of my family members my avatar name. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Yeah, I just, I find that incredibly bizarre and how, like, these 
technically not real mm-hmm. experiences can act like real experiences and how they affect you and that kind of works with like technology nowadays and mm-hmm. these like kind of kind of um technically not real experiences although they're more real in this world than they are in it's i mean it's it's hard to put it to put your finger on like what counts as real yeah in in that sense like it's it's both in the sense that like if somebody texts someone else that their relationship is over like they've been equally broken up with yeah but at the same time like the event only exists in this digital space yeah like the event itself yeah and and reality is only affected by the aftermath and that's the kind of weird stuff that keeps me up at night yeah (laughs) reality is affected by the aftermath yeah exclusively yeah um that was one of the weirdest papers i wrote in college was about how like we it was like using the way that we understand that like the internet is both what this person is saying to me and just a series of ones and zeros. Yeah. Like that it can be both at the same yeah. time. And that totally makes sense. was the way that I, I could understand how like your quote unquote real life and your spiritual life are, are the same thing. Like yeah. how something can be like, it can be both. Yeah. Or like, um, how, you know, falling in love is just like a series of chemicals, but it's also this really important thing. And it's like, it can yeah. be both. Like the chemicals, the are chemicals the ones and do zeros. something. Yeah. <laughs> well, and they're the ones and zeros. Yeah. And the, you know, the, f- the feeling is in this analogy, the, yeah. the words on the screen. And so it's like, it can be both. And it totally makes sense when it's digital. Yeah. And it doesn't make sense to us when it's ourselves. And it's like, it's like a way of distancing so that you can see yourself better. And yeah. it's just like, this is weird. This is weird. This is weird. I don't like this. Yeah. Also, all the songs that are mentioned in this book are great. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Although they didn't, they didn't include my favorite '80s songs because I like all the weird ones. Yes, like, of course. <laughs> the weird, obscure ones. Uh, there's not enough weird Al in this book. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> there should be more weird Al. I feel like Weird Al would just be like, excuse you, you cannot use me for an Easter egg hunt. I will sue. <laughs> I will sue. Which I love. Um, oh. And I've I've heard that, that, that the movie is different. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. The other thing is, I've heard that, from what I can tell, the differences have a lot to do with the fact that this book has like 85 different copyrighted properties yeah. in it. That makes sense. We had to adjust the plot because we couldn't have someone playing the entirety of Pac-Man. Like, yeah. Makes sense. We also couldn't literally steal a clip from the Heather's funeral scene and just put their body in it or take all of the people from, what was it, 16 Candles Dance? And War Games. Yeah. Like the entirety yeah, of War like Games. Like all of it. We, we can't do War Games. We, we can't al- just watch... Um, family ties. <laughs> yeah, we, we yeah we can't have family ties on the screen. Yeah, you know what else we probably can't do, or probably could do, but probably shouldn't hmm. have them reenact the entirety of Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Like Ready Player One is a five and a half hour movie, and two and a half hours is just the movie. And then right it's, before the end, you go into the Monty, Monty, Pi- Pi- Monty Python section, and then it's just the entire. Oh my god, <laughs> that would be excellent. It's just you. That's another portal. You just yeah. go into this Monty Python. Yeah. And it's, it, it is that like 
there's a line in a Delgado song that gets me every single time. Uh, a closed circle in a story is where there's no possibility for outside interference. So like, uh, like a closed circle mm-hmm. mystery is like there was a murder and the only people who could have done it are in this room. Yeah. Like, and we know that because it's storming outside and no one could have left and no one could have come and like all that. Let's yeah. So I think my circle is about to close hmm. and I'm like, ah! and this book is full of concentric circles that get smaller and smaller. And yet as you pass through them, the world gets bigger on the other side, like a birth canal, but digital. Uh, I was following very well and then you said birth canal and I went Uh. (laughs) you're right incredibly right and yet so wrong okay but like Wade keeps becoming a better person so I feel like he keeps getting reborn through the circles and is reborn every circle he goes through like his personality is leveling up (laughs) oh my god and I I feel like one thing this but then we can, you know, we can move on. But mm-hmm. I feel like one thing it does really well, um, and we're not reading quotes from this book because it's not particularly well written. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, the story. You're reading it for the story. Yeah, you're it's re- a great story. Yeah, but it's it's not it's not poetic. It's not like yeah. high lit. <laughs> this is a pop novel, and it's great. <laughs> um, but that he doesn't start to realize the value of reality. He doesn't start to like feel compassion even like for for people who are in worse situations than he is he doesn't have any of that Mm -hmm. until he leans all the way into the oasis like until he has his full setup and he's like yeah going through the like the hairless treatment and like the whole thing just becoming you know a full-blown oasis user that he realizes like this is my prison yeah and i think that's that's a really interesting point like the the level at which i think i think it's easy to get suckered into things um, and be equally kind of imprisoned in them, mm-hmm. but you won't see it until like your circles closed all yeah. the way. And that's horrifying. Yeah. With hmm. that said, would you like to talk about another story that involves some portals and some fear? Monsters Inc. Monsters Inc. Kitty. Kitty. <laughs> Kitty. Put that thing back where you found it or so help me. Put that thing more back where it came from, or so help me, so help me. <laughs> so here's th- here's the connection point. Ready Player One's all about them circles that you go through, and and you know you're in a new world. Mm-hmm. So we were trying to think of stories where you go through something and you're in a new world. And I got stuck on the Chronicles of Narnia because that's the shirt I'm wearing. Yeah. And Alice in Wonderland, which I can only vaguely remember. Yes. We're all mad here, but we decided to talk about Monsters Inc. Because it's so good. And it basically built me um, into a person. So. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> it's so freaking good. Oh. And I like how, like, the world that they're transporting into is basically, like, our world. Yeah. And, like, the, yeah. the world the story is about is the other one. Like, mm-hmm. the one that we are not in, and it's telling that story, as opposed to, like, Ready Player One, which is, like, our story. And yet, like, the both of the worlds are pretty much ours, because the we other one was created. But I don't want to think too hard about that, because... Well, it, it's, <laughs> like, it's like the Oasis is, like, a playroom. Like, it's a, pl- it's a digital yeah. playground, yeah. you know? And we all know that, like, people built this. Yeah. It's a theme park. It, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and the danger is not that it will become a theme park. The danger is that it will become a theme park for elitists. For uh, wealthy elitists who but, are snobby. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I think the thing that, that gets me about Monsters, Inc. is that uh, that it's the first time Pixar really went hard with, like, joy is more powerful than fear. Yeah. <laughs> In that, like, a teeny tiny human laugh, like, when Boo just giggles at the sushi place. It's like it's the like entire an energy power surge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like you can't get you can't get kids scared enough to make that kind of power. And yeah. it's like, yes. Yes. We should just all go in and be happy and funny. And then your energy there's gonna that's why they couldn't do that, because that's too much energy. Bitterness is a paralytic. And despair is uh bitterness with grief shot through it. Mm-hmm. Is my, my thought about it. Yeah. It's like, um, whereas bitterness is anger that's been left to mold. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm saying smart things. Who let me on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> you. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Monster Inc. is perfect. Oh, I love that movie. I just, everything about it. The animation holds up so well. Yes. The bureaucracy. The corporate drivel. Oh my my God. God. Like the older uh, I get. Ugh. Plus like the Pixar, the eight minutes of life. I love that in every movie. And I think mm. Monsters, Inc. was the one that really made me fall in love with that when a movie has like, this is normal life. Yeah. Love, I love those that scenes. so much. It like, it builds the world so much better. And it like makes you kind of like, oh, okay. So this is kind of what we're working with. And like, that mm-hmm. makes sense. I think. And it's not too long where you're like okay, when are we going to get into the story? I think that might be why I like that thing you do because it's 45 minutes of this is normal <laughs> life and it like slowly yeah. builds yeah. and then it just goes off. But yeah. it's like you give 45 minutes of like normal life, but like with a guy in a camper. Yeah. A man in a really nice camper. Yeah. But yeah, the, the abominable really snowman nice. is excellent. <laughs> oh, him. I love... Um, I love the sock fiasco, of course. Mm, one of the best things I've ever seen. Of course. I love all the procedural things. Oh, like yes. all the just random rules and procedures and mm-hmm. like the lockers. Like just the fact that they have lockers. I love that in Monsters University, we find out that Sid squints because he needs glasses. <laughs> the scare for will be oh. painted. Painted? I'm like, oh. Oh. Yeah, I mean, and Monsters University, I think I want to mention that too, just as yeah. like a great, just a great film. If you haven't seen it, it's so good. It's excellent. But Monsters, Inc. is definitely the superior film. Oh, well, yeah, of course. Like, well, I mean, sometimes. the Sometimes, sometimes yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. You know, sometimes the sequel is like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like the Toy Story movies, just the yeah. stakes keep getting higher. Yeah. <laughs> the stakes keep getting higher. I'm just I'm on I the edge of my seat. I wasn't prepared. Andy put the box on somebody else's porch. What am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> oh, tears, literal tears. Okay, anyways. <laughs> well, or Je- Andy's mom donating Jesse after leaving her alone under the bed for 10 years. Uh, I also love that Toy Story is very anti-toy collectors. Like... Play yeah. with the toys they want to be yeah. played with. Do not put them in boxes. That sucks. And that I'm like, sucks. Accurate. Yeah, they want to be played with. Yeah. But nicely, not made into. Oh my god. 
things. Well, yeah, not made into things. Evil Sid who becomes the garbage man and rescues toys. It's great. Uh, yeah. But we're talking about Monsters, Inc., yes, which is sorry. a perfect film. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's absolutely perfect. No, it is. I remember watching that movie so many times and, like, with so many different people. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why that's what I instinctively think about. But just, like, the amount of random people I have watched Monsters, Inc. with. Yeah. And had a great time, honestly. Had a blast every time. Yeah. I mean, the the scene where where um Mike reconstructs Boo's door but he needs the last piece from Sully, I think that is one of the most important <laughs> scenes in cinema. Yeah. In that it's like to have any chance of having your heart healed, you have to finish breaking it. Yeah. Like you have to finish saying goodbye. Yeah. And it's like ah. Oh, when he gives him the wood chip. Yeah. So sad. And it fits in the door. <laughs> and, like and perfectly. The, do- the door opens. I also have this, this fun fan theory that I have adopted as my belief system. Hmm. And it's that both Boo and Lilo go to the Space Academy and they're roommates because... <laughs> <laughs> because Boo is like, yeah, it's, it's, I... Yeah, I got this. Like, Stitch is yeah. chill with Boo. <laughs> oh. Boo has, like, all these cool monster stories about, like, th- and Sully comes on, like, bring your bring your parents to work day. Because, <laughs> you know, it's kitty. Yeah. And Lilo's <laughs> just like, oh, this is so cool. And Stitch tries to, like, mess with Mike. And it's perfect. Yeah. Oh, my God. Messing with Mike. There's, there's a one-eyed monster in both of them and mm-hmm. a beast hairy monster in... <laughs> in both of them as well they're perfect it's perfect oh my god the comedy quad comedy quad of mike sully and the two monsters from lilo and stitch i can't remember their names the 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 doc the like the stupid scientist yeah the stupid scientist oh yeah 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 Yeah. no i know who you're talking about and yes that is a comedy box yeah and i just want it to start with them going up to each other and then looking at each other and being like, like that one Spider-Man, yeah, <laughs> the, the where they're pointing. I I'm, I more want it to be a, a Charles Boyle and Bill situation where it's like you guys look kind of oh, yeah. similar. I don't, I don't see, see it. it. <laughs> like, I don't see it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Monsters Inc. is just a brilliant, brilliant film, and I think I don't have anything I'm I'm trying to say with this. Yeah. I just want to say it. Yeah. I think. The human fascination with portal stories is amazing. Yeah. And I don't... We just really like other worlds. Well, and we really like to be able to come back. Yeah. And we really like those other worlds to actually be somewhere else. We don't want to be farther away from our normal place. Yeah. Like, it doesn't feel like a portal story to be like, I'm on Mars. Yeah. Because that's over there. Yeah, that's... Uh. I mean, it's, it's way over there, but yeah, it's just but over it's there. but it's still, like, over there. We want it to be like, I if I walked... Yeah. A thousand miles. <laughs> and then 500 more. <laughs> yeah. No, we want it to be like, there is no way in, yeah. there is no way out, and yet there's I got here. There's only this. Like, there's only this. We dream of circles that can open. Yeah. And it's like a dream note. world where we can't, like, we can't walk to a dream. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not unless you're watching Pan's Labyrinth. Don't watch that movie. Oh my gosh. And on that note, you want to talk about some 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 good, good music some by sick the- sick uh, tunes. Postal service? Hecka yeah. Um I'll be your platform shoes undo what heredity's done to you. Mm. 
what a cute line. What a cute line. And I think that's a song that has the Game Boy sampling, which is oh, what made yeah, me think of it yeah. for Ready Player One. I'm like, oh. That makes sense. Yeah, it feels like that same kind of like nostalgia while also being like electronic. Like it's yeah, it's literally called like electronic. It's also like a falsified nostalgia. Yeah, in that, in that it's it's written in the style of its day, but also takes elements from the past. It's like got this weird level of nostalgia that doesn't necessarily belong to the listener. Yeah, which I think is really interesting. Yeah. Like that—that's what I mean. Like, cause I'll—I'll I'll be reading Plutter, Ready Player One, and I'm like, "Ooh, nostalgic!" And then I'm like, "Yeah, you weren't alive, me. Yes, <laughs> this isn't your time. And like, this isn't also your your cultural lodestone. Like, it's uh-huh. not like I grew up obsessed with '80s culture. Yeah, I'm like, eh. yeah, but I feel like that's kind of like what Ready Player One was made for. It's like that type of audience. Like, I don't think it it was supposed to be nostalgic for. Mm-hmm. like oh this is for nostalgia for 80s people i think it's like just to give off the vibe of nostalgia and 80s is so easy to give off the vibe of nostalgia yeah just because of well the 80s just yeah, in general they had they had they had a look to them yeah they had a certain vibe <laughs> yeah there's also i mean shout out to champion for doing what ocean pacific could never do because ocean pacific used to be cool and now it's a walmart brand yeah and champion done the opposite of that yeah so props to you guys yeah they they went up in life <laughs> yeah i mean all of these songs are so good on and there's only one postal service album uh yeah called give up which is brilliant <laughs> and they did yeah <laughs> <No>. immediately <laughs> yeah they were like well we're done okay bye the district sleeps alone tonight oh, great gosh. song about dc it's perfect yeah. such great heights and then that friggin motown cover of it which Ooh. Just, oh my gosh! So I I showed it to someone. They're like, I don't really like this, and I was like, I don't know if I really like you. <laughs> I don't know if I like you. I don't know if I don't I'm like. But you like Motown. They're like, yeah. It just it feels like not. And I'm like, feels like what? Feel, what does it feel like? Tell me. Use your big kid words before I use my big kid fists. Ha ha! A sock in the snooker. <laughs> blink blink blink. Visual gags don't work on a podcast. <laughs> well, <laughs> they have to fix that. Uh, Halliday? <laughs> you know we could make this a video <laughs> podcast, right? Like, there's nothing... S- oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> but yeah. I'm, I'm just sitting so weird all of the time. <laughs> yeah, we, we really do sit like no one is watching. Yeah, sit like no one is watching. That's my motto. Talk like people are listening. <laughs> Okay, these are my favorite songs from this album. Such Great Heights. Yes. Nothing Better. Brand New Colony. Mm-hmm. Runner-up is Clark Gable. Ooh, yeah. Just yeah. because it has Clark Gable references in it. But <laughs> honestly. Uh, this Place is a Prison is just a perfect song. It's just but perfect. It's, I, don't, I, don't, so. I, don't, I don't like it. Yeah. But it's perfect. <laughs> but also it's perfect. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But it's perfect. But it's perfect. And it's also the guy from Death Cab for Cutie, so no surprises. Oh. Yes. It's Brill. Oh. Yeah, I like them. I like feeling nostalgia for things I weren't there for. You weren't there for? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the same. It's uh, it's oddly enough the I same. I wasn't there for. I, I caught it now. <laughs> 
It's the same feeling I have when I read Lord of the Rings, where I'm like, God, I miss Hobbiton. And I'm like, yeah. I miss? I miss? Implying I've ever been? <laughs> yeah, you know, when, when we get to Care Paravel and Lewis is like, can you hear it? Do you remember? And I'm like, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. Of course I do. How could I ever forget this thing that I did once? <laughs> or never did. Uh, how can I forget that which I was made for, have even having not experienced it before? And it's like, yep, that's what he wants. Yep, yep. That's what we want. Yep, yep, yep. Oh no, oh no. <laughs> before we get too deep down this existential rabbit hole, we're all mad here, Alice. Wonderland reference, what's your wreck of the week? Uh, my wreck of the week is really stupid, but y'all oh, hear me out. Stoked. <laughs> hear me out. Um, they're two songs. One, <laughs> they're both kind of meme songs. Perfect. <laughs> but like, I recommend you actually listen to them in their entirety and not just the meme part. Mm-hmm. But um, number one is "Down with the Sickness" by Disturbed. Oh, that's a great song. It's the um. If y'all don't know what that means, it's the. Uh, Ooh, ah! <laughs> it's that one. Yeah, and I'm I familiar. Just, it gets it's even funnier when you listen to other bits because they'll just ooh ah ah ah. Yeah, <laughs> like, what? syncopate the ooh ah ah. Yeah, it's very good. So that mm. <laughs> that and um, don't fear the reaper by Blue Oyster Cult. Oh, I hate that band name, but it's a great song. Yeah, and if y'all don't know what that one is, it's the cowbell song from SNL. The and you know what? It does need more cowbell. It really Every does. time I listen to it, I'm like, where's the cowbell? You know what the problem is? The problem is you can hear it, but it's not loud enough. Yeah. It's like, literally, it needs more cowbell. Like, they needed to just crank that yeah. knob. I agree with both of those wrecks. I agree. I, have, I also have two song wrecks, and I need to find their titles because they're both good. Okay, two songs. These are both kind of indie. I love them. But they're great. Uh, First off is Expectations by Katie Pruitt. Okay. Which is just perfect. And then White Flag by Joseph, also perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, And and since I have heard your recommendations and you have not heard mine, we may may use some of that driving time for those. But they're they're really good, like, indie hype songs. Like, this is an anthem. I, I am love a badass. <laughs> I love those. Those are my type of hype song. Um, and those are also, by the way, the kind of hype songs that I listen to when I really like need to get something done at work. I'm like, <laughs> perfect. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, so they're they're really good. Um, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Listening to indie music, really enjoying these these Spotify recommendations that mm. have such strong and accurate opinions of what I will like. <laughs> that's good. Good. Strong and accurate opinions. Rare oh. to get both. Yes. <laughs> like, what kind of life is this? Strong and accurate. Oh. Well, that's the key. Scrummy. I'm going to usurp this right now and roll <laughs> credits. <laughs> Our theme song is Downtown Love by Reese from his EP, It's Okay to Be Sad. This podcast is produced and edited by Heidi. Both Heidi and I do pre-production by reading and watching and listening to all of the things. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a review on podcast app. Or get in touch with us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at spoilers underscore ahead underscore. And we'd love to hear from you. We're going to go to college soon. It's going to be awesome. Woo! Desiree. Ha 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 ha.